Okay, welcome back to Let's Get To It, episode two. My name is Sarah DeGray. My name is Mujib Khalif. And we are so excited that you guys are back for another week of this podcast. And today we're going to talk about mentors. Mm-hmm. And motivation as well. And motivation. The two kind of go hand in hand. So you're going to hear us uh, discuss that, uh, who, who or what uh, are our mentors and uh, what it is to be a mentor and what motivates us on a daily basis and so on. So I'm really excited about today's episode. Absolutely. And like we talked about in the first episode, a lot of this podcast is really just a continuation of a conversation that you and I are having. So it's really fun to get into this episode having just talked for half an hour about kind of how we're going to lead into this episode, which is what are some of our own personal motivations. And we were just talking about music and the role that uh, music has played even just in your time here at Rev. But I'm really curious to hear how music has motivated you even throughout your lifetime and how you've kind of had a soundtrack to your life, if you will. Oh, yeah. Uh, So I love music, and you guys will, throughout these episodes, hear me quoting different musicians of all genres, really. Um, But yeah, music really informs uh, what I do and and motivates me and has really mentored me through this whole process. And I actually, I identify as a musician before I identify as an athlete, believe it or not. And uh, that's something that can be found on my bio, actually. I talk about um, being a classically trained musician and vocalist. Um, I grew up playing the flute as an instrument, and I grew up singing in all kinds of, of musical groups. And I really, um, I credit my folks with recognizing that I had a, a good voice, and I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of music early on in my life. Um, and all, all the way through college, I sang in a lot of collegiate groups uh, of all kinds, classical to acapella. I was the lead jazz vocalist. Um, just anything and everything, I soak up all kinds of music, and I, and I love all kinds of music and really appreciate it. So you could find me completely diving in headfirst to classical music. You can find me rolling deep in, in hip-hop. You can find me just loving on house music. I mean, it, it really knows no bounds for me. And so um, literally the reason I became a spinning instructor, a cycling instructor, Um, that crucial piece was the music because anybody that's been to a spin class or a cycling class you know that what makes the class is the soundtrack is the playlist Um, you know functional fitness or other forms of fitness or if you're just kind of playing a soccer game or a basketball game the music definitely helps it gives you that kind of motivation that push when your jam comes on you're like I'm gonna hit it heavy I got this Um, and when it comes to cycling for that hour that that playlist is so crucial because think about it you're on a stationary bicycle you're not going anywhere so if the soundtrack isn't dope if it's not really kind of speaking to you in terms of pulling on your emotions or or, you know incentivizing you to work hard um then you know you're gonna walk out of that class Mm -hmm. you know if the music is lame you're like i'm not coming back so um for me i'm you know i'm a dj um i'm a musician and 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 a performer and entertainer so music is everything for me it definitely motivates me inspires me and it is a mentor for sure Mm. yeah it really makes me think of how we can use the things that motivate us to then motivate others i think that we Mm -hmm. had a conversation previously about how part of the kind of representation of what we do day to day is 
going to pay homage to the people who taught us how to do it or the, mm -hmm. the mentors that kind of like paved the way for us. And to know that you're using music to bring people to that level that you find yourself at when you're on the bicycle and listening to music and allowing them to kind of follow you down that journey. So even using your own motivator as a motivator for others, because I'm sure there are plenty of people that'll say it was that music or that song. Like I've literally heard people come out of the class and say, you know, when that song came on, like that was my jam. That's really what allowed me to get over that next point or that that sort of hurdle or next level of pushing myself or something like that. So. Absolutely. And and when I mentor other coaches on how to coach, and this is for indoor cycling specifically, I always tell them, play the music that lights you up. Mm. Because when you're lit up, that's contagious. Right. Um, so don't make a playlist for anybody else. Actually make it for yourself because when you're super fired up, then that just translates and the whole room lights up. So I always tell people, I'm like, look, if you don't like 80s, don't touch it. Don't touch the 80s. If you're not into, you know, techno, don't play techno, whatever, whatever speaks to you. And that has yielded the best results um, because people just play what moves them and what inspires them and again that that sort of translates so so that's really cool so that's a little bit about kind of what what motivates me some and i'm i'm itching to hear what kind of makes you tick mujib or, or what's a constant motivator or mentor for you mm, i love that um i think that for me a lot of the emotion that you just spoke to as far as like how music makes you feel and how it kind of helps you to ride whatever wave that you're on. Um, I myself find the motivation in that kind of metaphorical riding of the wave, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea that I could set something up or line something up and then mold myself into having the ability to then go and do that thing or gather the resources to go and, and accomplish whatever it is that I've accomplished. Like the, the knowledge that the path to that goal mm -hmm. is going to provide me with more information about something that I'm interested in. It's going to provide me with more contacts with what it is that I'm trying to go for. If it's like a business goal or a personal goal or a personal growth goal, um, it's going to take me most likely to a place that I'm going to enjoy being or, or move my lifestyle in a direction that I want it to go. Like that, all of the understanding that all of these pieces of the puzzle I'm going to have to deal with, whether it's a piece that somebody else gives me and I have to learn how it fits in, or it's a piece that I have that I take to somebody else and I ask them, you know, how does this piece of who I am fit into this goal that I'm trying to get to? Mm. That riding of the wave, if you will, or that process is such a motivator to me because I understand that between now of setting this goal or saying that I'm going to get to this point, or even if it's like, like for instance, if you're uh, planning for a class, mm -hmm. you know, as you're planning the music for that class, like you're getting excited for the class oh, because yeah. you know that, you know, you just put that song in place, you're snapping, you're singing along with whatever you're listening to, and then you're like on to the next thing. It's like the process itself is jazzing you up. Yeah. It's a very like uh, reciprocating uh, event, right? Yep. So for me, I find that the, even just the knowledge that I'm going to have this experience can motivate me tremendously to yeah. say like, because if we say, what am I being, I guess what I would pose to you then is the reason for motivation, right? Mm -hmm. So am I trying to get myself out of a slump or something, or am I just trying to set up a class or something like yeah. that? So we kind of get into the different reasons of 
why we're motivated. Like, am I trying to over-motivate myself mm -hmm. to get to some point where I'm going to be happier or more successful? And then can I see the steps to get there? And are those exciting me? Or am I just trying to motivate myself? Like, I got some work to do on the computer. I'm trying to get myself amped up real quick before I sit down and mm -hmm. get at that. So, yeah. you know, things like that. So I guess I'd pose that question to you is, how do you even see motivation beyond what we're talking about here, which is the motivation of a class setting to help us grind harder or mm. whatever, mm. but what are some of the other ways that you see motivation and motivators playing into your lifestyle or lifestyles that you've even seen? Oh man, that's a good question. That's a great question. Um, I, I get taken back to, to some stuff we talked about in the last episode. So by the way, if you're just joining us and this is the first episode that you're listening to, go back, listen to episode one, and then come back and join us in episode two. Um, but one of the things we talked about at the end of episode one was uh, the importance of empowering others. And that truly is a motivating factor for me. So um, putting a class together, for example, um, finding ways to how can I dive in and help these people reach their potential? Mm -hmm. How can I create access to that? And you know, music is great because I have the privilege, or before COVID, had the privilege of putting a bunch of people in a dark room and playing loud music, and their brains were just wide open at that moment. Mm -hmm. It's this incredible sensory experience, and there's a lot of power in that moment when you're voice is coming over the microphone and you're working with the music and mm -hmm. and my goal and my motivation was how can I get the absolute best out of these people in this room right now how can I motivate them to be their best or to want to be better um, and that's just something that that's that's how I live that's how I was raised mm -hmm. um, and you know I'm very thankful that that I was raised that way by my parents shout out to my mom um, Gail Solomon, shout out to my dad, Dick DeGray, for really instilling um, excellence at um, this high standard of, um, you know, just reaching for the stars, being your best, having a high standard. That's so important. And so, you know, that's, that's part of that motivation for me is also to, to always deliver, um, you know, and something I kind of carry with me is, you know, I don't ever want to want to disappoint or let down um, and you know that's good and bad it's a lot of pressure but I kind of thrive on that pressure so I, I want to deliver this experience where people walk away and not like oh Sarah did that but they walk away and actually going mm -hmm. I did that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you you provide this environment where people are just realizing the best in themselves Right, right. So that's, you know, that's really a lot of what motivates me to do that. And, right. and, and can you replicate that? So it's not just a one-off. Mm -hmm. You know, that greatness and that consistency of success is, can you do it every damn time? Right. Or pretty close. Mm. <laughs> At least enough to get you closer the next time after that, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's really cool to see motivation or a motivator period, like, um, it's almost like setting a bar. Yes. Even. So if I say I want to have a class and I want people to come to this class and I want them to feel like they got a great workout, they got a good education, and they got to rock out, right? So for me as a trainer, um, 
even in a group setting, I still want people to be able to soak up all the information that I'm giving them while at the same time, I want them to hear that music and I want them to feel that vibe as they're working on whatever it is that they're working on, whether we're just one-on-one or whether we're in a group class setting. Um, But at the same time, what I am doing above all is I'm setting a standard, like you, to use your word, I'm setting a standard for what this person is going to experience when they come through the door. Yes. And by setting that standard, now I have the motivation to reach that standard that I've set. So it's cool to think about motivation or a motivator simply even just being the standards that we're either held to by the people that hold us to those standards. You know, we both talked about family and things like that. My family uh, holds each person accountable to kind of pick up their own slack in the family setting, right? In the family scenario, we all had our chores to do. We all had our piece that we had to pick up to make sure that the whole operation ran properly, right? Um, That alone was a sort of standard or some sort of not, for my family, it wasn't so much uh, expectancy because I think that so much of it was just known to be automatic. Like, Mm -hmm. you're gonna come home at this time, you're going to start this thing, you're going to water the plants. Like, those things are gonna be automatic. It's beyond even expectancy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost to the point where we would be surprised if the other person hadn't picked up their slack. Oh, something must be wrong. Let's call and make sure that everybody's okay, that sort of thing. Um, But what it does is that it holds us to a certain standard or, or gives us a certain level of uh, responsibility to live up to the role that we've decided to play, right? Because yeah. it's not just that our parents or our family says you have to do this thing and then we have to do it. Like I still get to decide whether or not I'm gonna pick up the slack. Am I gonna do the chores when I have to do the chores or make the run or practice what I need to practice in order to live up to the to what's being desired of me as the person who's out there doing what I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, it, it's, it itself is motivating. Like mm-hmm. I want to be able to pull my weight in my situation, whatever that is. So if I'm an instructor, I'm the person in the front of the room. My weight is to make sure that everybody who's in this class walks away from it feeling the sensation that I want them to feel, the standard that I've set for myself. You know, yeah. In a family setting, me and my immediate family, um, my wife, my son, then the the role or the the standard that I have to set is going to be around making sure that the house is a certain level of comfort for everybody, making sure that everybody is fed, making sure that everybody has what they need to be happy and also growing and pursuing their own motivators at that Mm. point in time. So I love thinking of that as the motivator itself is the bar that we set or are, are looking towards that we've been kind of provided to reach you know if you're on a team or something your coach might say we're gonna be champions by the end of this so now you've got a motivator you know yeah absolutely and uh you know i think we're both lucky in that we've come from family structures that you know that excellence is the bar Mm -hmm. um and you know not everybody may have that that model reflected for them um but i know you know i i feel like i had somewhat of a complicated relationship with with my dad, who I now see as this, he's an incredible mentor. Um, and I didn't always recognize that when it was happening, when I was growing up. So, um, you know, I, again, I always saw myself as a musician, musician first, but I'm also an athlete and, and grew up 
um, an athlete and, and my dad was my basketball coach and man was he hard on me he was tougher on me than than anybody else um, and I think he was aware I don't think anybody could accuse him of nepotism there was no favoritism nothing I was coach's daughter so coach's daughter was going to be first in the gym last out hardest worker and um, and yeah it was just expected and and um, you know, I, I feel like it, it took a while for me to look back and realize that that was a good thing. Um, because sometimes when you're in it, I'm, you know, I remember hating on it. My dad's so hard on me, <laughs> you know. Um, but it, it resulted in this work ethic and this drive um, that I carry with me now into my late 30s. Um, and I and I credit a lot of my success with sort of that those those early expectations, the bar being set. Um, as tough as it was sometimes. And also, you know, I really respect both of my parents and to this day for telling me like it is, telling me the truth, being honest with me. Um, and, you know, that I really am grateful for that relationship. Um, even today, like calling me on my bullshit if, you know, <laughs> if they need to. Um, and so I think that's really important. And and I know some of that was similar for you in terms of your, your family structure. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just where I come from in the world, like Washington DC area and folks that come from DC, um, there's no real room for, for bullshit or there's mm -hmm. no real room for, you know, not being able to do for yourself. Here's a quick little story. I was coming back. I'd been living in Vermont probably for like I don't know, 15 years at this point, maybe 12 years or something like that, but a while. I'd been living in Vermont for long enough that my customs were now Vermont customs for the most part. Um, and I had gone to California for a month hiking in Northern California, and I was gonna go and meet my, my fiance then um, for the Thanksgiving meal at my, at my grandmother's house. So I was in California for October, I was coming back, back east for November and I land I touch down at DCA at Ronald Reagan Airport and I get on the train and you know I'm coming off of the trail like I have backpack on I've got probably you know pine needles in my hair or whatever you have like duffed and everything from being on the trail like I'm a scuzzy looking person at this time at the time <laughs> I have like thick thick knotty dreadlocks and my beard is totally unkempt and you know like I look like I've just come out of a month in the forest and I'm sitting on the train and I'm going to meet my brother at Minnesota Avenue station and this this woman gets on into the train and you know I'm I scoot over like yeah you can sit here next to me like there's a free seat and she kind of looks at me I'm like yeah right you know what I mean and kind of like gives me the little turnaround like the almost a cold shoulder you know and um so I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then it dawns on me as I'm sitting there where I'm like, oh, so I grab my bag, I pick it up, I stand up and I go to the woman, I say, I'm sorry, I forgot, like you can have that seat. Mm -hmm. And she goes to me, she goes, welcome home, baby. And sits down, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so again, like mm -hmm. this is DC, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you can offer somebody a seat, but if you're a dude, like, like a, like a, like a gentleman or whatever, mm -hmm. 
you don't offer the the mother figure to sit next to you. You offer her the whole bench. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. you stand up. I'll stand up. You sit down. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, in that same train ride, as I'm standing there and I'm kind of vibing on them, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, DC. Um, I end up asking this other woman, like, what station do I need to get off to get to such and such? And she looks at me in the face and she just points to the map. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, that's right. Like, my mother taught me how to read this map when I was seven years old. Like, what am I talking about asking a question? This is the DC metro station. Like, that's the most simple train map in the world. You know, there are seven lines and they all go from point A to point B and they cross in the middle at some place, you know? So it's like really the easiest map to read in the world. You were getting served on They're serving me the whole time. That's DC, you know what I mean? And that's to be expected in, right. in Washington, DC. So that's where my folks come from for generations and generations. And they're very, you know, my, my, my family on both sides, but my mother's side particularly are very like, very regal, upstanding people. Mm -hmm. So. For us, there's there's a from where we come from and b from who we come from. Mm. There's no room for not going the extra step to mm -hmm. answer the questions that you have. Mm. And it's funny because even in saying that, I realize how much of a motivator that is for me in the way that I seek knowledge and the mm. way that if I have a question, I'm going to find the answer for it because yeah. they they've instilled in me. My family always instilled in me that like I could tell you or you could take the second to figure this out for yourself. Mm. And maybe I'll give you a little bit more of the information to help you get there, but there's a map on the wall. <laughs> Just go look at it, yeah. you know? Like, you wanna know the capital of Colorado, it's not hard to find. Right. Just go look, you right. know what I mean? And so. Well, yeah. and, and, and my observation, and, and after hearing that story and just knowing what I know about you, um, is that you are a knowledge seeker mm -hmm. and that you are actually you're you have a skill at if you don't know something if you want to get better at something you're going to go out and seek that information and you're going to seek those people and that's certainly what i've observed um even in our own relationship um right i think you talked about in episode one um you googled you know cycling studio my name my studio popped up and you know you got in touch mm -hmm. and what do you know? We're sitting here today because of that, no doubt, because of that um, initial overture. So um, I, I find that super respectable that if you don't know the answer, if you don't know to something, and listen up, everybody, there's a lot of shit we don't know. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> like an overwhelming amount. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of people are waking up to that right now. Um, that there's a lot you don't know about your own history, about this country's history. We could talk for a couple hours about a lot of other things, but seek answers, seek information, seek multiple sources, seek people that you can learn from, listen to. Um, and, and if you wanna progress as a human being, do that work. Um, and so, you know, I, I really respect that. And I, and I think, you know, that's, you know, I've even seen you grow in what time span you know we've interacted and i've known you in part because of that and um yeah well to kind of speak to something that you said just a minute ago where you know we we can harp on our our family experience and not everybody has that mm -hmm. uh, but what everybody can relate to is 
waking up in the morning and going through your day to try to get back to your bed at the end of the day. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So like the world itself is going to provide you opportunities for growth Absolutely. or for stagnation, right? Yes. Um, and, you know, we talked about this in episode one as well, like everything at its right time. So, you know, big up you if you actually need to just take today and sit on the couch. Like that's real, you know, there's nothing against that. You know, I, I remember most of my 18, most of my first 18 years was spent watching television and playing video games before I figured out exactly what I needed to do to get myself to the next level yeah. of the person that I needed to be. So everything in its due time, you know, all of that, obviously. But at the same time, um, the world is going to give us those opportunities to have to step up. Yeah. It's going to provide you with a motivator. Like the door is going to get slammed in your face or yep. something like that. And you're going to have to figure out how you're going to manipulate the situation so that you can get through the door. And by that, I don't mean like try to trick somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, the door got slammed in my face because they asked me a question. I didn't have the answer to that question. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to build myself into the person that has the answer to that question mm -hmm. so that the next time that I get to a door, where I have the opportunity to de deliver the answer, deliver the person who I've built myself into, I've got that much more behind it. And mm -hmm. I'm gonna be able to maybe get myself through that door that time. So the world's always gonna provide those opportunities to grow. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you gotta seek it out. You have to do the work. You have to, you know, find that book that, open it and read it, you know, not yeah. just like get it and put it on the shelf, but right. open it and read it. Or if you don't have that time, get it on audio we we're just talking about audiobooks you yep, know, things yep. like that so um and and i do believe that again that has to do with the the goals and the bars that we set for ourselves you know if i say that i want to be in a certain lifestyle by 2022 i better get to work you know what yeah I mean? the clock is ticking right 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 <laughs> um and you know that doesn't Here's something to speak to, actually, because it's so easy to get overwhelmed yeah. by any any task. It doesn't have to be the major life decisions of, you know, what am I doing for the next five years? It could simply be like, let's try to schedule the next four days yeah. in a family situation or by myself in a work situation or not with a job, you know, regardless. Like, um, and, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I spent a lot of my 20s chilling way out, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just hanging out on ponds and letting whole days pass and not doing any work. You know, I did a lot of that myself. So I do value sitting on a beach or value really relaxing. Um, that's a episode that we can have sometime. Like self-care is like, I'm a self-care oh, yeah. professional. I love caring for myself. I could learn a thing or two from you on that. Oh, it's the best, it's the best, <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, but at the same time, um, to set that bar, to motivate oneself, to kind of push to that level to become that person. So it's easy to kind of get overwhelmed by how many things or how many steps we need to take to get there. Um, and that again is where a mentor or a motivator, particularly a mentor of some sort, mm. and again, it doesn't have to be a physical human being who you can go and talk to. It could be a book, it could be a quote, it could be a song, it could be a movie, it could be an article, like any of these things. A kettlebell? Can, Right, right, inanimate objects, right? <laughs> so for me, definitely, a kettlebell is a huge mentor. Um, and that's, that kind of chimes on what we were talking about the last episode, which as fitness professionals, you have to have the motivation to go and after 60-hour work week, still be doing every single night the, the part of the program that you need to do to be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish, still making the cold calls. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know... Kind of, I'd love to hear you speak to that a little bit more as far as like, how do, 
how do mentors or the ideal of mentorship, whether mm -hmm. that is given to an archetype of a person or a situation, how has that played into your own process? How have your mentors, both living and mm -hmm. anatomic, come into play? Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, again, kind of all these themes are just kind of percolating, kind of, kind of weaving into one each, one another. Um, when I think about that, because some days are, you know, some days are really, really hard. Some days you're, you're really lacking motivation, or maybe you're trying something and and it's not working. You know, things are kind of wearing you down. So. So, you know, what do you do kind of day in and day out? Or sometimes the weeks are really long. You know, I will say that entrepreneurship is not for the faint at heart. Mm -hmm. um, the, the weeks are long. Um, you know, I, uh, you, you'll never work harder, right, than, than if you are trying to, to start your own company. Um, so, you know, anyone that's, that's in this game right now or anyone thinks, you know, I want to start my own business or I want to go out on my own and, um, get ready because um, if, if you think you're working a lot and doing the preparation, once you get into it, you hit the ground running. I mean, it, it, is, a, it is a lot of work, um, you know, and I, I, I feed off that. I think, I think I'm actually a workaholic. Um, you know, I used to work really hard for other people, and then I kind of turned around one day and said, if I'm working this hard for somebody else, I know I can, I'm going to work harder for myself um, to get where I want to go. And, and so, you know, I had some great mentors along the way in terms of um, I had some really great professors. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be college educated. Um, neither of my parents went to college. So that became important um, in my family structure to, to achieve that. Um, again, sort of this, this benchmark of kind of, achieving or going after something or attaining something that um, others in my my family were not able to um, attain so that's kind of been a motivator as well um, and uh, so some some professors again just saying you know setting this bar high um, having two outstanding female bosses um, attorneys that they were just crushing it that um, that really motivated me um, to just be the best. I worked under them, but I wanted to be the best. You know, I was a, a legal secretary. I mentioned this in the last episode. Um, and so I was just like, I want to impress these women and really show them, like, I want, I want to elevate your practice mm -hmm. by being the best assistant. Um, so so that, that was important. Um, and then, you know, moving into the fitness space and, again, wanting to just achieve this the best at what I do, whatever I set out to do, whatever it is. Um, and, and we talked about that in episode one, you know, if, it, if it's to be the best kitchen worker, what, whatever it is, um, um, to be the best. And um, I, I want to give a little shout out, not that he's listening, but um, there is a studio in New York City that I um, admire and that I follow. And the, the studio is called Tone House. And the founder and the owner, his name is Alonzo Wilson. And he is just a class act. And, um, you know, I look up to him as a mentor and a motivator. And I don't think he knows that. So, Alonzo, <laughs> I'm going to hit you up on Instagram and tell you to listen to this podcast. Um, but, yeah, so to this day, you know, I, I still uh, seek out people in my industry or, or what it is that I'm doing. And, and um, you know, and if I can't source it locally, you know, I look to, you know, what's going on in New York City, you know, New York City being an epicenter of health and fitness and epicenter of a lot of things. 
Um, so yeah, and I know you, last episode you mentioned, you know, that this place kind of reminded you of New York or Chicago or LA. Um, and that's because I wanted to draw from these larger metropolitan areas that are considered hubs of the best mm -hmm. in what they in what they do. And for me, I'm, I always thought, well, why can't I do that? Why can't I reflect that? Um, just because I live in a small rural state doesn't mean that my product has to reflect a small rural state, um, that my standard is going to be one that's set by the big guns right. in the larger cities. So, um, so that's been sort of motivation, mentorship um, um, for me. I love that because that's a way of kind of like setting a mentor out of somebody who you don't even necessarily know this person yet or you haven't actually, this person hasn't given you direct advice, you're just holding them as an archetype and saying, I'm yeah. going to watch you, you know, and especially in this day and age, like, to realize that we have those archetypes out there. Mm -hmm. Like, if I want to be the best kettlebell instructor in the world, I have the internet in front of me that's showing me what the best kettlebell lifters and instructors in the world look like. What, mm -hmm. are, what, are, what are they focused on? How are they approaching the training? Um, very similar to you, when I started to look at how to develop and design my website. First of all, as I said, you were a big motivator in that, looking at how you were presenting. Um, and that motivated me for how I wanted to design my own mm. website and everything. But I took that and then I looked at Equinox, you know, and yeah. I looked at yeah. places like that, like yep. these, these like luxury experiences. Yes. And my early clients, a lot of them would say that. And you know, as you, if you come and you train with me, it, it almost looks off because I'm not wearing the athletic attire that you might expect a personal trainer to wear when you come to see them. Because Najib's wearing jeans sometimes. <laughs> well, designer jeans. Design oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> designer jeans, everybody. Let's just be very clear about but, that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's for me, it has that element. I have to bring that element of, because I'm holding myself also to a DC standard. So yeah. you'll very rarely see me in a professional setting in shorts. You know? mm -hmm. It's just not something that we do there. Now, I don't have to have a suit on, but I have to have the flyest version of whatever mm -hmm. I can have on, on, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and because of that, it's giving a different type of ambiance. Like you're not mm -hmm. just coming into the, the sweaty gym studio where I'm gonna show you how strong I am, and then I'm gonna tell you to do it until you can't possibly be as strong as I am. I'm mm -hmm. gonna show you, this is how I'm doing this in my day-to-day -day clothes, mm -hmm. and I'm, it's not even about me at all, actually. Mm -hmm. It's actually about you, it's about how you're moving, it's about the clothes that you're here to move in. It's not about the clothes, I'm not here to move, I'm here to instruct you yeah. on how to move better, you know? So my job as a clinician has to also have that level of professionalism that you're gonna ex expect when you go to see a physical therapist or an mm -hmm. occupational therapist or a specialized doctor, like, you know? That's just how I look at those who are presenting luxury fitness to the people who are coming to expect that. Like, you go to Equinox, you're not expecting the locker room to stink. You're expecting right. the locker room to have mahogany, you know, mahogany wood all over the place and a steam room to be beautiful. And mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like, like, I don't feel like I'm in a gym. I feel like I'm in a luxury hotel Yeah. because that's where you are. And when you come to see me, I want you to feel more like you're in an environment where it's about you. It's not about me. It's not about 
my own bravado or my own physical ability, um, I'll hint at the fact that we're lifting heavy kettlebells and that's the goal to be able to work at your capacity, but I'm never going to really pull out my capacity and show you what that looks like for me because it's not about that. Mm -hmm. Unless obviously you want to see it in mm -hmm. that moment and then I can show you as a motivator or yeah. as you to be able to say like, oh, wow, no, it's really, really true. Um, but again, it's just that what is the standard that we're setting and then how are we reaching that standard to present ourselves to the rest of the world. So you using Tone House in New York City as a way of creating this beautiful studio that we're in right now so that people, when they walk through the door, they realize, oh, wow, the bar is set higher here than I would have expected. And then you come on with that microphone and that boom and voice and people are feeling like they're not even, I could be, you could have, I could have walked in a spaceship and you transported me to the middle of Las Vegas right now, Yeah, you know? I, I'm, I could be on the Las Vegas Strip, actually. I could be in Los Angeles right now. I'm not, maybe I'm gonna go back out and it's gonna be snowy and I'm gonna be back in Vermont and I'm gonna try to go get like the most delicious meal and I'm gonna have so many options to go and do that. And none of them are like hibachi or you know <laughs> Ethiopian every day to two o'clock in the morning or anything like that. But at the same time, like, when I was at Rev, I felt like I could have gone and got, you know, some Ethiopian food right out, right out of the gate. You know, I felt like yeah. I might have been in D.C. or might have been in Chicago. You know? Well, and, and that kind of makes me think about, you know, the importance of, and this is what you just touched on at, at your studio, is um, part of the experience um, is how someone feels. That is so important to me, sort of this, um, you know, how does this place make you feel, um, not only while you're here, but then how does it make you feel about yourself and how you see yourself? And so, yeah, just elevating that standard. Like you are in a place of, of luxury, you are in a place of excellence um, is really important. And that is sort of self-motivating and then also translates to motivating others to return. Because mm -hmm. they're like, that felt really good. I want that again. I need that dopamine hit. Like mm -hmm. I, I feel amazing. Um, and. And yeah, and, and my experience in your studio is I feel awesome, right? I get, I get to that place where I'm just, I'm so jazzed. That's like, <laughs> so jazzed. Um, and, you know, and again, part of it's the, you know, we talked about this when we trained, you know, Mujib puts my jam on or something, and all of a sudden I'm pressing 20 more pounds overhead that I, than I thought I ever could. Um, and again, there's that music for me, so that's one way to really light my own fire is you get me with the music and you're going to get some of the best you've ever seen out of someone like me who really latches on to that um you know rhythm lyrics whatever it is um is 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 going to get the best out of me so um, yeah yeah um so that's amazing um i think this is kind of going to be interesting for people so obviously you know we we want to recognize that we are um, you know, we are in the middle of a, of a global pandemic and, and we can't pretend that that's not happening and that's not reality. We are, we are in the middle of um, a, a massive awakening, um, a revolution even, um, where we sit in the United States of America. Um, and so this question is, uh, that, that we sort of pose to one another is describing when motivation is lacking mm -hmm. um, because folks may find themselves in a position right now where their motivation is down, motivation is lacking, um, it's easy to get overwhelmed, you, you mentioned this a, a little bit ago, um, 
and strategies or ways to kind of get around that or overcome that, um, especially with just a lot of heavy stuff in the atmosphere right now. So, um, you know, I don't know if you've experienced that at all in, in the last, you know, 90 days or so or what your experience has, has been with that. Right. I mean, I definitely love that vein of honesty in a question like this because it, for me, especially with this time period as it is, um, to go from, so I was in Puerto Rico until March 1st, yeah. you know, and then when we were coming back, we were really starting to see that the country was starting to pick up with the COVID cases, so on and so forth, and, and that it was becoming a thing, you know, and we had already been watching it, my wife and I had already been watching it uh, earlier in the year as it was going on in China, um, so we saw things coming, and when it when it was clear and evident that it was coming and you and I had a conversation maybe the second week of March where it was like, okay, we're going to shut down things. Yep. And I was going to shut down things myself at North Country Kettlebells. And um, I say oftentimes when I can't train, like I'm kind of like a surfer without waves, you know, mm. like if I can't train people, I feel like, what am I, what am I doing right mm. now? You know what I mean? And at the same time, and you know, just to step back from that a little bit, it's not, not make it as dramatic as it is, but it's like, um, I get empowered by hitting that bar that I set. You know, right. we talked about that again. If I, if I give myself this bar to deliver a beautiful product to people, when they get that product, I'm stoked about it. So if I can be here building this product, but I don't have the ability to actually deliver it to people in the way that I want to do it, um, and I'm not necessarily motivated, like you did an amazing thing to just take all of that energy and put it right into delivering content on YouTube. Um, I delivered content as well, but at the same time, um, obviously our situations are just different. That's the thing that we have to realize as individuals first off, especially when it comes to lack of motivation. Um, it's easy, especially in this day and age, to look at somebody else and see what they're doing and then get down on ourselves, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I would watch you post something else and I would take that as motivation, you mm. know what I mean? I was still like seeing you working and I'm still watching you from the outside. You know, I was a little bit more in the circle at this point, but I was still watching you from the outside do your thing and then taking a little bit of cue from you to be like, wow, no, just like keep that energy, keep the vibe, you know what I mean? Like hold that, hold the line, you know, if you will, because when the time is coming to open back up, mm -hmm. folks are going to remember you were still present. You know, I still saw your videos come up. I still saw that you were doing a challenge. I still participated in this thing with you. So once we can open the doors again, of course I'm coming back. You mm -hmm. never left. You know, you were here yeah. the whole time. Um, so I guess just to answer the question a little bit more directly and to, to, to bring my thought back into, into what you just asked, which is, you know, moments when we were lacking in this motivation. Um, I also took the time in that time period to just be sad, mm, you know, yeah, yeah. To, to, to kind of like not just be sad about my own situation, obviously, because I'm I had food. I had my family. We have a grocery store that we could go to. There's still money coming in, all the different things that need to be happening so that I can have my food, clothes, heat and shelter taken care of. Um, and that for my family as well, all across the world where we are, um, those things are provided for. So I'm not necessarily sad about my own situation, but to take a second and feel the grief that this world is shifting or that 
a lot of people are in positions where there's a lot of sadness in their situation, whether they're passing away or their family members are passing away or people are dealing with anxiety. Like there's a lot of that emotion that is around, even if it's just me talking to my friends and being empathetic to how they're communicating their own emotion to me and taking the second to hold that space and to give myself that time to say like, you're not motivated right now because of a reason, you know what I mean? Like the thing, and again, it's a little bit of also having faith that I'm not trying to be too reactionary Yeah. as well. You know, I have a plan and the plan was going to work, you know, like you jumped on demand so quickly because it was probably already on the back of your mind anyway. It was. Right. It was. So it's just a little pivot. And yeah. we talk about a lot of that when, when dealing with entrepreneurialism is like that ability to be on your toes, ready to pivot, ready to move with the, what the world's going to give you because you don't, you you know, as everybody else, or a lot of people otherwise in the industry, we're doing well, you know, we're achieving our goals, people are coming in, people are bringing their family members in, folks are getting stoked, we're getting ready for the busy season, or at least the lull in Vermont that's gonna, you know, turn into the busy season, but um, then to be sidelined and sat down, you gotta pivot, you gotta move, Mm. so again, in those times when I've lacked that motivation, sometimes it is just sitting in it, Mm. and just realizing, you know, it is there's nothing I can do to make the sun rise faster Mm -hmm. when I'm in the middle of the night. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. All I can do is sit in that space and hold my peace, Mm. you know, and, and know that the sun is going to come back up, know that I'm going to do everything necessary so that when the sun comes back up, I'm ready to move again, Mm. but I'm ready to move again as soon as the light turns blue, you Mm -hmm. know, as soon as, as soon as I see a a glint of daylight, I can move now. Boom. Mm. I'm ready because I sat here and I held my peace. So in those moments when I lack motivation, I think that that's largely what I can do, what I do for myself is to like take it for what it is. Maybe there's a reason why I need to sit down and be quiet. Maybe there's mm. a, a, a reason why I need to turn this song on and get up and start moving, you know, X, Y, and Z, whatever yeah. that, whatever that mood calls for. What about you? Does that answer the question? That, that yeah. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate that. And what, what you're saying, you're, you're talking about compassion for others, you know, when you're saying empathizing with, with people. And I think that's so important to, to have compassion for people and, and what they're going through in their situation and knowing that, um, you know, what this pandemic is really highlighting is, is really how different people's situations are day to day. Um, and, and to have compassion for others and, and what they may be going through, because for some people, maybe the, the income has stopped. Um, you know, or life has been completely altered or turned upside down for others, maybe not so much. So to, to, you know, to, to recognize that, um, and, and just to say, to kind of like pull, pull the curtain back a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I, I jumped into sort of this online, you know, uh, platform without fully knowing, you know, what I was getting myself into, but, um, you know, just again, we, I had to close my studio on March 14th. March 15th was the day I made my first online video um, available on YouTube, and I just thought, okay, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I said this to you, Majib, in a phone call. Um, I, I felt like my foot was on the gas, pedal to the metal, but I didn't know where I was driving to. And that's kind of what, especially the early days and weeks, felt like like the energy that I bring to what I do. I was just like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm, I'm going. Um, but there were days where um, probably for me in the beginning of April, 
maybe after the first couple weeks um, where I just personally hit some major lows. Um, and I really found myself, you know, I was still producing or f making videos, but it was hard. Um, I personally thrive off of um, being with other people. It's one thing I've really learned about myself is that um, I love being an entertainer. I love being with others. I love the reciprocity of energy in a room, um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, again, to, 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 to coach spinning, to coach cycling, it's for me, it's like DJing a set and like just getting the whole room on your, on your vibe and, and, and seeing people rock out. And, and I really miss that. And, um, and that was a big thing for me. So I kind of found myself, you know, waking up, being like, you got to go in, you got to film a workout. Um, and, you know, to film something just kind of in front of my phone where there's no, there's no instant gratification, there's no feedback, there's no validation, there's no human energy that's mm -hmm. coming back at me in real time. And it was really physically and emotionally exhausting to do that and I'll tell you definitely there was there was days where um, you know I wasn't putting out content every day at that point maybe it felt like it but I wasn't and because there were just days where I was like I can't I don't have it in me today I, I just I'm like the I've squeezed everything I can out of the stone and it there's nothing left and and I too kind of just had to sit with it and and I'm sure others can relate like man it was uncomfortable mm -hmm. like really uncomfortable and I definitely I cried yeah. <laughs> you know I had moments where um you know and if, if you're out there and you um especially those of you that have your own businesses you know whether you're in the restaurant industry or, or retail or or fitness industry or others tourism you know if you've been really severely disrupted and um you literally can't function the way that you functioned for however many years you've been doing what you're doing there i would i would describe it as a as grief as a grieving process um you know experiencing the loss of what it was you're doing and um you know i i'm i'm excited now because it was like okay after sort of the, those stages of griefs and kind of having a good cry and have, and just kind of letting myself feel those emotions and, um, you know, suddenly, you know, all right, let's get to it. Right, right, right. <laughs> let's get to it. Um, and just, you know, and also gathering strength, I will say, and this is a shout out to, to every single person, my revers, this is what we call them. If, if you come to rev, you are a rever um, by by putting out into the universe, by putting out that content on YouTube. I received so many emails, Instagram messages along the way through, throughout the month of April when, and beginning of May when we were on lockdown of people saying, this is getting me through. Mm -hmm. Like this video, this, you know, I'm putting out these 15 minute exercise videos, people saying, this literally, I did this with my daughter today, or I, um, you know, I, this was the best thing I, I had in my day, it was that, that that ended up getting me through and giving me some, restoring my sense of purpose, which is kind of what I feel like I heard you say. Like if you're not, if you take away the training, I think it really affects us. We're, you know, we're like, okay, wait, like that's my person or it's my purpose. That's like 
how I identify right now and and that what do I do now and so so that that was helpful for me anyway to say all right you know what this what I'm doing is making a difference for some people like let's keep going let's lean into that let's let's dig a little bit deeper and then you know slowly but surely we find ourselves doing this podcast Mm -hmm. um so so yeah yeah I I love the honesty again in the in in the response to this question um, because you can't help but and you know as a list as the listeners will will know you know we can't help but be honest mm-hmm. in the way that we have laid out this podcast as a conversation between two people so um, I just I, I enjoy that I enjoy that the the rawness of the answer yeah and you know I think it's important for people we you know we talked a little bit about use the term influencer in in episode one and how that's kind of been co-opted when people hear the word influencer but you know if you are a person if you are in a leadership role if you are considered a mentor coach or otherwise uh, sometimes you can you're put on a pedestal right and and some folks will say oh man you know Mujib, he's always on, or he's always wearing those designer jeans, and he's just <laughs> killing it. <laughs> or Sarah, she's got so much energy. One thing that I used to hear, you know, oh, man, you just have so much energy. How do you do it? How do you do it? And it can start to almost feel like, you know, people have this vision of you that, you know, wow, I mean, you can't crack these people. Like, they are just so go get them. And, and, and people have to know that, that's not the whole story. That's not reality. And, you know, if you see me and what I do and you see, you know, you come to my class, you're seeing me for one hour of a 24-hour day. Or if I'm training with Mujib, like, I, you know, I have his undivided attention for that one hour. Well, there's 23 other hours. Um, so, you know, and a lot can happen in those 23 hours. So, I, I know, I can say personally, you know, I, you know, I am not up all the time um and and you you've got to recharge and you've got to you know have people in your life um that help help you recharge and and kind of feed your soul that way and um and probably shout out to to our significant others because oh my god my partner he just sees me at my worst Mm. when i'm really like spent and Mm. you know he he's just the best because you know, when you're in these roles that we're in that are sort of front-facing, client-facing, you know, I always think, okay, I got to put my best foot forward to serve the client. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I'm coming down, I'm like, okay, now, now I'm, I'm in my, my downtime. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's the family, the people that are closest to us that really kind of, you know, totally. take care of us. <laughs> it, makes me think in a, it makes me think of times when I've had to teach a class with a toothache. Mm. Right, like as a trainer, if you've ever had to teach through some sort of personal discomfort, mm-hmm. you can understand the face that has to get put on. You know, yeah. like I can't let my own, you know, diminished mood bring down the whole class, right? right? Because everybody came here for this this upbeat feeling, right. or the person who came to me isn't coming so that I can vent my issues to them they're coming so that they can vent their issues to me tell me about what it is that they're trying to overcome why they're with me not vice versa Um, so in that in that hour it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my undivided attention Mm -hmm. but as soon as you walk out of that door you sit back down 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a moment, you know what I mean? And I'm going to regather myself, regroup myself, you know. Um, this I could easily go on for like an hour about this because it just brings up so many other times in my life where, where there's been that, you know, you're going to leave and I'm going to kind of stare in the window at my own reflection for five minutes before the next session starts and, mm. and give myself that up talk, you know, mm. give myself that like, you're doing it. Thank you for bearing with this right now. I know that you're feeling emotional. I know that you're feeling a certain way. Show up for me one more hour, mm-hmm. and then let's get on out of here. And then go and see my wife, or you know, give my brother a call on the way home. Like those people that are gonna kind of help us to to kind of uplift ourselves, or do whatever it is that I might do as an individual. And that and that's mentorship, right? right? So in that way, it's like your brother, your wife, mm-hmm. are serve as mentors for you in those moments. Totally, totally. and right? and you know, to speak to that a little bit, like. If we look at a mentor as something or someone and someone in this situation as someone who's bringing something out of us, mm-hmm. then for me, the communication and the growth that I've had with my wife as we've known each other and gone through our own processes and recommitted to each other over the years and over the years and continuously gone back to our relationship, bringing it to the table, asking, are your needs being met? Are my needs being met? How can we better serve each other's purpose here, right? Mm. Because we're both trying to go somewhere in life at the same time. We just happen to be going there together right now, you know? Um, It's those times when she asks me to be a better version of myself, Mm. you know? Like when I have to bring the best version of myself to the table so as not to muffle up the situation, Mm -hmm. right? Not to let my emotion get so much in the way that it starts to destroy the thing that I've built in my relationship or in talking about a business, not let my emotion get so in the way that I can't bring myself back to the table to be able to do the work that I'm supposed to do. And again, Mm -hmm. this is why there are are breaks. This is why there are half times. This is why there are, (laughs) you know, quarters where we switch sides, all that stuff, because we need that time naturally you know you you inhale you exhale you inhale mm. you exhale you can't inhale non-stop right you know you can't exhale non-stop you you have to have that that exchange mm-hmm. of energy mm. right? um, so when it comes to like those significant others or those people those motivators they're gonna also kind of help us pull that out of ourselves yeah. to become that that version that I have to bring to that's why I love calling my folks because they're like again they're gonna expect a certain version of me on the phone and if I if I come sad mm-hmm. then they're gonna be there with me yeah you know and they're gonna sit there with me but they're going to sit there with me and and they're going to set a standard again that my complete self is gonna be there mm-hmm. so if it's my complete sad self then it's gonna be my complete sad self if it's my complete and totally joyed self man we really won today you know then it's gonna they're gonna sit there with me on that too they're gonna again bring that out of me a little bit more you mm. know, so that I can take that energy and turn it into what it's supposed to be in the long run again mm-hmm. and again we talked about how mentors can help to make it so that we don't become too arrogant mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. If, so that our wins don't turn us into egomaniacs and right. things like that um, because again they're going to okay you won let's talk about let's celebrate that win you yeah. know what I mean let's let's tell me how you won yeah and then you're like oh yeah I won because my 11 other team members helped me Right. That's right. Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. My, yeah. my friends, my my partners, my coworkers, my my team members, those people that help me, that push me along. 
I'm going to honor my motivators Mm -hmm. by taking a moment to have somebody else who's going to pull that out of me and remember, like, who did it, you know, who helped you, who did that. Um, As we're coming to the close, I love this last question, though, like, describing our experiences as motivators. Would you take a second and describe how your experience now as this really kind of an archetypal motivator in the community you know a lot of people see you and strive to bring that same energy into what they do not just in the rev class setting but other people in the community that are seeing the success that you've had not just you know monetarily but as a person period Mm. wow um yeah my my experience you know again stemming from sort of the family experience and expectations is to always live with integrity and honesty, um, transparency. Those are sort of some pillars that I that I go by. And, and so whatever it is that I do, um, that I, I hold myself to that standard. So, you know, the way I run my business, I, you know, communication is so important. Um, you know, I wanna always be honest with my clients and let people know, especially during um, this time that we find ourselves in this 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 pandemic you know I, I i got out in front and i said you know we're gonna we're gonna shut down we're gonna close and, and and checking in and letting people know this is what we're doing and um you know again just you know holding myself to that standard honesty integrity communication um so people know where i stand and where they stand and um you know i feel good and proud at the end of the day when when again i i know that someone is accessing their their potential that is just that i feel like my my job is done my job is done well when you have all the tools and and you can go off and running with it you don't actually need me anymore you know where i i i want to actually be seen in your rear view mirror that's what's really important for me um so that someone goes yeah you know sarah really she left that mark on me or left me with this impression or really she 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 made me feel powerful she made me know that i can do this on my own so i think as you know just as as motivators and mentors that that's just a great thing is to sort of shoot for that that legacy like i i passed something on to people that then they can in turn use on themselves to better themselves and then you know and then you've really done your job well if they're able to teach that to others Mm -hmm. and pass it on themselves and it's just such a cool like chain of events or you know it's just part of these these waves that happen so um yeah i i just I, I'd like to think that that um, I've been doing that for several years, and I want to continue to do that, um, and that's that's really important to me. And, and, and part of that is just being, you know, sharing who I am and that authenticity. Um, and I think people, you know, you you kind of know right away if, if you meet someone and your bullshit radar's on, and you're like, ah, there's something funny about them. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then you kind of meet someone, and you're like there's something I like about you. Um, and so I just sort of try to reflect in everything that I do. Like, this is me. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. And, and uh, but yeah, just kind of em- empowering other people. It's again, to kind of tie it back to the beginning. It's what motivates me personally um, and what drives me to just keep, keep going. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I think that's a good place to end for now. I do too. Can you believe it, guys? You've spent another hour with us. <laughs> um, hopefully, it was awesome. <laughs> and thank you very much for sticking with us through the whole thing. Um, obviously, as you can tell, Sarah and I could just keep on going uh, because as you're speaking, I'm percolating and vice versa. So hopefully you keep on percolating on what we're talking about and ask yourself, what's your experience as a motivator been? Even if it's just motivating yourself or if it's motivating a team or motivating others, um, maybe just take a little bit of what we talked about today and get to it yourself. Ask yourself a couple of these questions. Yeah, and I would invite everybody listening to maybe reach out to some of the mentors that you've had in your life and say, say what's up. Maybe it's been a lot of years um, between those conversations or just give them a shout and say thank you because it means a lot to, uh, to hear, hear people tell you what um, you've done for them is really meaningful and that just keeps the cycle going. So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been another episode of Let's Get To It. My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>